The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Welcome to Very Loose Women. We're live in the studio, Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, we would love for you, if you listen to the show regularly, to sign up to our iTunes podcast and rate and review us if you like the show as well. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio and find us on Facebook. Um, I also should mention that we've got an upcoming uh, fundraising week at Resonance FM, which is really important because we want to get um, trial a DAB service. Yeah, get loads of money. But what we want to get money for is really exciting. We want to trial a DAB service. Um, we want to get a better website. If you've been on the Resonance FM website, then you'll know why we want a better website. Um, so it'd be fantastic if you could get involved. And um, there's going to be um, an auction, loads of events that you can take part in. Just check out Resonance FM website and get involved. So again, on the show, it's just um, me, Emma and Catherine, and we're joined by a special guest, which is singer-songwriter Merlin Driver. Hi, Merlin. Hello there. Thanks Hi. for coming on. Um, we actually met Merlin back in Port Elliot in the summer. Um, you chose the first track. Could you just tell us a little bit about what that was? Yes, uh, I certainly can. I, I recorded that track, actually, in 2011 when I was up in the Norwegian Arctic. Uh, I was up there doing research on something called Yoik, which is the 
the Sami people's traditional kind of singing, although you say traditionally, it still is very much existing today in various forms, including yoik rock and uh, yoik rap and all sorts of amazing stuff. That one is... Oh, I should explain what yoik is, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. please do. Because yoik is not like song. Like, so when you sing about something, it's very different from yoiking something. You don't yoik about something, you just yoik it. So you like paint it with music. Um, and every single yoik traditionally belongs to something. So if you were to hear a yoik in the traditional context, and still a little bit today, you would ask what that yoik belongs to. And it could be a landscape or a person or a, an animal or a place or an experience. And that one is, well, it's two things. Oh, yeah, so it's a bit misleading. So it was a duet between this Inuit throat singer doing the more rhythmic bass and an amazing yoika called Sarah Marielle Gaup. She's uh, married now and she's Sarah Marielle Gaup Bioska. And the yoik was, it's a yoik for an Arctic turn, which you may or may not know. What's it's an Arctic turn? An Arctic turn. I don't know. Yeah, like the bird. Like a turn like the um, bird. Like the, the Arctic nice. turn is a, is a seabird. I think it's fair to say it's a seabird. Um, <laughs> it's fair. I'll, I'll allow that, I think, yeah. And um, it's, strangely, it's my, I only found out that it was for the Arctic turn in the last couple of days. I always knew it was a bird yoik. So it was a yoik, it belonged to a bird. But I did not know it was an Arctic turn, and I checked with her recently. It turns out it's for the Arctic turn. Most yoiks, they reflect what the yoik is about, so you're painting the thing with sound. In this case, I always assumed that, that it was a, a bird yoik, so the sound of the melody must be reflecting the, uh, the bird and probably the song of the bird. But oh, actually, I it's not. The wings. Yeah, but it's not the song at all. It's oh, actually, and I thought it probably it would be like a thrush or a pipit or something, mm. or a skylark. Mm. But it's not the melody. It's the movement of the bird, the way it flies. So it's the motion. They fly in a very sort. They fly up and then they drop and then they fly back up again. Oh. And oh, so the it's way like she's. The air, um, I don't know because the, the way that birds kind of go up and down is to do with. Yeah, exactly. How it's, they the, move it's the form, the, yeah. their movement through the air. So. Yeah, it's all about the f reflecting the form, which, you know. So you can have a, so it's yoik, that's how it's you... It's yoik, yeah, J-O-I-K. So you can have a yoik for, like, a concept You could have a yoik. I could yoik you right now. I could see your inner spirit. <laughs> but it wouldn't and, necessarily and be you. my, <laughs> no. my, I, my I, I could Actually, tones. I could not yoik you because I'm not Sami and I'm not a very good yoiker. But, you know, theoretically, you I could yoik you right now. And people did grow up but with it, yoiks. They were ascribed a yoik, but not like a human name. So they would be ascribed a yoik once you knew their personality. So, so it's your inner character. It's not to do with a, how you enough, sound. Funny enough, that's exactly what they say, what Sami people say. Um, it reflects your, it's your inner name. So traditionally, at least. In, um, and can you just tell us a bit more about the throat singing? Because that was kind of incredible. So actually, at the start, it was just one person making all those sounds themselves. And what also I found funny about that not funny, but only funny that <laughs> at the time when you were saying this is one person producing all these sounds, I was watching Catherine struggling just to move her chair under her desk. And I thought, Catherine's struggling just with this task. And actually, this person is making like five sounds at once. You're, so you're juxtaposing my incompetence with that kind of stellar range of... Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. And Sorry, can you okay, tell thanks. us more about how, how that works? I know a lot less about Inuit throat singing. But one thing for sure is that it's phenomenally impressive. It's an incredible technical thing to do. Um, it happened there because I was recording it at a festival called Ridu Ridu, which is um, 
in a place called Mandalin, which is in, Trum, in Trums County, which is very far, far north of Norway. And it's an indigenous people's festival, so you get especially people in the Arctic Circle collaborating musically. And that's an incredible example of how these two people on the opposite sides of the Arctic are coming together and unifying metaphorically through song. And not just metaphorically, of course, they were standing in front of each other. So, um, How did you end up there? Um, I think that story goes goes far back, a long a long way back because my my father spent time in the Canadian Arctic when he a long time ago in the fifties, and he was living with Inuit whilst doing his PhD thesis on on ducks. So he was the he was <laughs> mummy duck, and they would follow him and sleep in his boots. So that these little ducklings sleep in his boots at, at night, and. Um, but he was living, at least not like directly with, but he was, <laughs> yes, first of all, yes, but he was living with or next to an Inuit community. So I grew up with all these stories of the Canadian Arctic. I've always been fascinated by it. And and then when I came to study anthropology eventually and focus on music, going north made the most sense to me at the time. And I come from the Orkney Islands in the far north of Scotland, which has a very strong uh, historical connect, all sorts of historical connections to Nordic countries. So it made sense to me, and it was just one of the most. It's one of the most. Ex- I say this, you know, with very big inverted commas. It's one of the most exotic sounding kinds of music that we have in Europe, for sure. Still. So you said that you grew up in Orkney. What was that like? Because you grew up kind of, as well as being in Orkney, generally far away from lots of the UK it was quite a remote childhood in different ways as well wasn't it yes it was unusual that's for sure um well my parents moved to Orkney about 30 years ago 35 years ago I guess um and I, I don't think it was planned the way that we would end up living but in the end it it worked out that I I lived with no electricity or tv or anything and I, I didn't go to school till I was about 14 I was the only one of my siblings to go to school at all. And we we lived a... I mean, it wasn't a simple life because it was hard work. We were living on a, a small holding and lots of milking of animals and uh, <laughs> killing of animals. And <laughs> Really? Have oh, you yes. killed an animal? Lots of animals. Um, I have certainly... <laughs> like oh, wow. in your I've, eyes when you ask that Have question. you killed animals? No, but I think um, so few people do, and yet so many people eat yeah. animals. So it's oh, kind of yes. interesting if someone's grown up around that. Mm. Yes, no, and it's definitely shaped my feelings about these kind of things today there was once a time where I've certainly finished animals off I have been a part of their death yeah and this is horrible for me to say now but when I was little I loved the job we had this one dog that was just crap at killing animals so it would semi mangle a rabbit and then this poor thing would be in some distress and Mm. when I was about six seven years old I absolutely loved grabbing it by the back legs and just whacking it over a fence post (laughs) I loved this job like and and now I am, I'm almost completely vegetarian. Um, I still love fish too much to give it up. But mm. when it comes to like killing something, if I even if I see a spider or anything, I learned recently how to kill mosquitoes when I was in tropics. But that was because I had to. But mm. I honestly, so I feel terrible way. when I kill anything, absolutely anything mm. now. And it, and it's certainly shaped by. It got to one point when I thought, you know, this is some. Um, a bit complicated what I was doing. So <laughs> started feeling bad. When you were growing up without the kind of influences from the outside world, so like you you know, you weren't at school surrounded by kind of other kids knowing what necessarily their lives were like and hearing stuff on TV mm. and seeing stuff. 
did you have an experience of like you know music in the house did is that what you were mentioning about you know hearing stories about going to the arctic but did you also have a kind of musical background growing up that made you want to study yeah i mean you know i think that it's incredibly important if your parents are musical in any way so recently my mum has started taking part in the choir and she started doing music as a more of a a real hobby but i grew up with her she was constantly singing my mum and i think that that's so important if you grow up with somebody who can, she, she i've never heard my mum sing out of tune and she'll she'd love she'll love hearing me say this she's never i've never heard her sing out of tune i think that's quite important but it was a strange musical upbringing because my my all my siblings play fiddle everybody plays fiddle in Orkney. if you play an instrument the first thing you play is fiddle <laughs> i mean there are other people playing other things but fiddle is so common um but I was the youngest, and I never got taught how to play fiddle. Um, apart from local folk music, it was in my house. My dad was authoritarian about these things. It was French music, because he was obsessed with French music, Charles Trenet and all this kind of stuff, and uh, classical music, and nothing from the 80s. So I discovered the 80s about five years ago. It's amazing. That must I have love blown the your 80s. mind. Yeah, the yeah. 80s are one of the best. Incredible. Um, something we were talking about in the pub as well was like your musical awakening because I think you we were in the pub just us. before yeah <laughs> oh, yeah um, you've got to have a drink to loosen up before getting on the show I'm going to be pretty boring um, no sorry um, what was your, your musical awakening you mentioned the band which I just thought was quite surprising <laughs> who were your big band that got you into mm, yes wow this is more like lots of lots of guilty secrets coming out now <laughs> battering rabbits um, you brought up the rabbit yeah, yeah. yeah. true true yeah. that's true that was all you mm. um, yeah spiffy clyro why? Why guilty? I'm. I'm not guilty about this. I don't feel guilty about this. So you've got to get into music somehow. You yeah. said everyone plays fiddle on Orkney. Yeah, I'm I mean, I was exaggerating a little bit. But I know. So it's yeah. not going to be a hundred percent. But yeah. I've never been to Orkney. I'd love to go. I'm really interested. But like, what is the kind of musical culture? And you mm. mentioned before that there are links with the pl- some of the places that you've been, um, especially so like the historic link between some of those islands uh, further north. What is the music like? <sighs> I mean, one thing for sure is that Orkney, especially in the last 30 years, is very much part of Britain. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not this far, it's not completely far flung. We have radio and, and modern media. So in a way, music is as it is everywhere else. But there is a very strong uh, folk tradition, certainly with fiddle music. But, I mean, I grew up with no, not knowing about any local folk songs, actual songs. But there's a a, a woman who I... I knew vaguely when I was at school, I was in a few um, drama productions and she's now living in London, she's called Amy Leonard and she did something called the Orkney Song Project which was going around people's houses and asking them about old folk songs that they they know. Turns out that there's a massive amount of material, actual songs, mm. which I did not know about, you know, I didn't know about this until very recently. So it turns out that, yeah, there's all sorts of things um, but particularly uh, this Scottish traditional country dance music and... Uh, Kaylee stuff and fiddle music, very strong. And my sister Fiona Driver um, is one of you know um, Orkney's um, better known fiddlers. Not the best, but <laughs> well, who knows? That's for other people to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess yeah, we kind of we're about to say let's let's hear a track, but maybe just before then, could we just really briefly talk about what is ethnomusicology is that the right word it's a big question because apparently i've been writing it wrong all over the shop um because i don't know what i'm talking about that's part of the reason why we wanted to have you here because you're obviously interested in it so. yeah i'm interested in it but so i'm studying part-time a part-time master's in ethnomusicology now 
Um, What's it all about? Yeah, I mean, there are so many different definitions, but and they all, you know, how academic people are, they always... Um, Bicker. Yeah, yeah, it's never-ending in a way. But I think that the, the best way to say it is to say it's, that it's studying music in its cultural context. As long as you understand that the cultural context is partly made by the music, it's not just music surrounded by a fluffy cultural context. Mm. It can also be it, music is always helping make it as well, uh, and you can take it in all, all sorts of directions. So, I'm very interested in connections between the environment, uh, natural environments, and music, and how this can connect to environmentalist agendas and things like this. So, is now the time that maybe you'd like to play one of your um, <laughs> songs for us? Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, Yes, and it's uh, one of the songs that will feature on an EP I'm making, my first EP, which will hopefully... Well, it will be out this year. I'm not exactly sure when, but I'm working on it all the time. Fantastic. Okay, so I think this one's called Rain. Is that right, Brian? Yep, it's Rain and Whenever You're Ready. Should we give a little clap? Yeah, round of applause. A short round of applause. Well, I guess we haven't heard it yet. (laughs) We'll do another one in a bit. That's true. Oh, I've got a very squeaky chair. It can add to the... Just don't, just don't natural move sounds. whatsoever. That's a natural sound, yeah. right? No, it is a natural also, sound, of course. I'm sitting closer than any front row ever, so I might just uh, scoot over to that chair. It's very intimate, can, Catherine. It feels it's intimate. Even for Ellie's women, it feels a bit too intimate. Let's build a temple of our own. By the night, come all you non-believers, come build with me. Mm, let's not have it linger, let us take the whole thing down. So by the hour that we wake, there will be not a trace left of us. Of all the rules we made And we'll say mm, That all we need All we need is a little bit of rain All we need is a little bit of rain Mm-mm. All we need is a little bit of rain All we need is a little bit of rain Standing on the edge Looking down At all creation It is the rain that blows On through To let the desert All I need is a little bit of rain. All I need is a little. 
Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, also, it made me think, just while you were singing, I was reminded of the fact that we both were bemoaning our lack of a genuine Scottish accent. But you found <laughs> a bit more Scottish when ah, you were singing. Yes. It kind of... Uh, I think it definitely forward. came out, didn't it? Yeah. Was it because you were singing about rain? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. No, it's been said before. I, I really don't know. But it's definitely the case that when I sing, I sound more Scottish. And then subsequently from singing, I have about a five-minute period where I sort of, you know, slowly become more English again. Um, can you tell us about what the song is about? I mean, yes, very vague, yeah, very vague, vaguely. Um, it is about, do you know what pantheism is? It's one Roughly. of those things where I think I pretend so to know what it is, and I don't really. <laughs> it's, you know, seeing nature and the universe and everything as divinity, I guess. So I'm not a particularly religious person in, a, in, a, in the sense of... Um, beardy people in the sky but I am very much oh god I can't say that I'm very, very much a spiritual person um, <laughs> you can but, say, yeah, say that you basically um, said it um, said no it. but I, I'm, I mean I think I grew up in a very in a, pl- in a place where there's a lot of nature and putting it simply you know while a Christian might feel most in touch with something they might call God in a church a pantheist might feel most in touch with something they might call God in a forest or something like this and that song is about how we we yearn for answers a lot of the time and yet when you just see a desert that hasn't been touched by rain for years and then a few raindrops and boom it's like you know um, there's something quite powerful about this there's so much there that doesn't need questions um, how do you feel like, just this is completely off topic, well it's not, it's semi on topic, just like after all your travels and obviously living in quite a remote place for most of your life, how do you feel living in London? Like, does that feel really <laughs> restrictive? How does that feel? Yeah, it's a, I have a love-hate relationship with London, for sure. I, I love parts of it. I mean, I can do stuff like this, like, you know, and see wonderful people like yourselves. And, oh, thanks. And perform, you know, and that's, I mean, I'm partly here for these reasons, but there are times where especially you know when money is quite thin on the ground and you're st- especially in the I've been here two years the first year I mean I barely left London because I just couldn't afford it mm. it gets really tough you know yes and then the but then when you leave that's when you really and that's another way to become quite pantheistic like when you when you leave and it's not a holiday anymore it's like you're absolutely worshipping every single square inch of the of the new place you're at and you can see Horizon yeah. 360. I mean, that's yeah. exciting. And so. um, one thing that I just wondered what it was like, um, you said that you grew up without electricity for years and years. Um, and Emma's annoyed that I'm asking her a question. <laughs> I'm annoyed <laughs> that you said, I wondered. Time. No. I wondered, but that's um, fine. What did it feel like when you finally, uh, you know, got electrified? <laughs> uh, yeah. What uh, was it like when you finally got electricity? Mm, yeah. <laughs> was that weird? Definitely. I remember the first TV show I ever watched. It was a cartoon knife and fork bouncing up and down 
That's totally mesmerized was by it. Was it Beauty and the Beast? I don't know what it was. Be I really my don't. guest. Be it my was, guest. you know, CBBC or something like this. Um, <laughs> no, but it was definitely completely life-changing seeing TV. And that was tied to us getting electricity in the house um, mm. because I'm the youngest of the family. And my, my journey has been very different. I mean, all of my siblings have had really interesting journeys, like my sister, who is very successful now with her music. Um, and they're all, all of my siblings are successful in their own ways, but... I mean, none of them went to school at all. And that definitely, I mean, I think it wouldn't have happened for me either if we hadn't have gotten TV and electricity and things like that. Mm. Suddenly people like David Attenborough, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, opened up my horizons hugely. I love TV still. I, I'm a great believer in TV because of these reasons. So when you're, um, you know, sometimes like you were saying, it's really difficult to leave London, especially when you're studying, but you have been able to go quite far far afield to yeah, I'm getting that. collect um, kind of music and yeah. recordings where else have you been or where else is on your horizon where are you interested in kind of collecting music well um, just a few months ago for the first time I went outside of Europe which was a, quite a landmark for me I was, really yeah, okay no I yeah. mean you've been saying I've been travelling I haven't travelled that much it's just that not that many people have gone to, into the Arctic Circle mm-hmm. so it seems so exotic but um, you know, I, I've been dreaming of going somewhere like South America or Central America for a long time or, or an African country. Um, <clears throat> and uh, at Christmas, I managed to get to Nicaragua in Central America and record all sorts of cool things. Um, not music. I never, got, I never really got that opportunity, but, um, well, music in a way, natural music, uh, rainforest recordings, insects, birds, getting up at dawn and, going, and staying up very late to record things. Uh, I hope to do a lot more of that. Great, and I think we've got a clip that we're going to close the show on. Um, and then you've that, got a well. I just think before that we need to talk about soundtrack. Yeah, oh, we yes. totally do. You wanna, do. <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit about that, Marilyn? What is it? Sure. Um, well, once one day in London, about a year and a half ago, my friend Ewan and I were running for something. I think he was um, he was getting me involved with some kind of brain experiment because he studied neuroscience. And so we were running, we were running late for that. I think it was this, it was raining and we were running and all of a sudden one of us starts singing a song that we both knew and before, before we knew it we were both singing the same song in time with our feet. And I started joking that I was going to form a singing and running club. And, and he I made did. you do it. <laughs> no, no, he didn't make me do it. He never thought I would do it. I, in fact, I still think that I live with him now and he still is quite bemused by the whole thing. But no, I followed through <laughs> with it. There were going to be bells on the ankles and all sorts of crazy stuff like Morris dancing. But um, it's sort of grown. Now it's now it's ticketed. Um, and half of the money goes towards looking after the, the places where we run, like along the Thames or um, Hampstead Heath or whatever it is. Uh, you can find information about that at uh, soundtrackrunning.com and also on Facebook, Soundtrack on Facebook. Soundtra- Soundtrack Running is a, is a public Facebook group. Um, who gets to choose the songs? Or are they spontaneous? Ultimately, me. <laughs> so if we, so when, but I do take a lot of you know suggestions. So after we met you at Port Elliot Festival in July, mm. we, I saw an article about soundtrack independently yeah. Yeah, in, in the, the Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. And um, Lily, who's in Papua New Guinea at the moment, and hopefully we'll send us some cool recordings. She said. Um, oh, that's really cool. I wonder if we should go and record them. And I was like, well, I mean, are you really saying that you want to go and run? And we haven't made it yet. Um, so I don't know, maybe we should come along. But if we can, can we choose? Yes, you can You can tell me in advance a song and I have to convert it because the main thing is call and response. It's okay. basically about making running fun because running isn't always that fun. 
That's true. It's like work songs, doing something laborious and boring, making it fun. That's the idea. In that case, what's the slowest song we can suggest? Because I'm not much <laughs> mm, Stand by me, probably. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so we're running out of time and we've just got this one more track that we want to play. So really quickly, like as quick as you can, where's it from? Yeah, this is from the north of Nicaragua. From uh, it, it is a genuine rainforest. It's very late at night. Um, crickets, frogs, and it's raining through the canopy. Very Fantastic. Slowly. Thank you so much for coming on, coming on Merlin. I really appreciate it. And obviously, if people want to follow Half an you, hour. That's you're insane. on Twitter and all that yes, kind of thing. Uh, Merlin That's Driver, why we talked so Merlin Driver on Twitter and Facebook and MerlinDriver.com for my music. Merlin with a Y. Merlin with a Y, yes. Yeah, critical Important. factor. Very critical. Brilliant. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Marcos, as well, for engineering. Thanks, Marcos. For full versions of our shows, check out verylosewomen.wordpress.com. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.